everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Heart to Heart Podcast. I'm Bria. And I'm Kim. And today we are joined by a very, very special guest. We are going to let her introduce herself. We are so happy you're here. We're going to have a great conversation today about massage noir in rap. Hey, my name. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Hey, my <laughs> name is um, Taylor Myrie, but a lot of people know me as Mosa Myrie. I'm mainly known for my YouTube channel where I talk about, well, it's mainly commentary where I talk about a lot of subjects like massage noir, Black issues, um, body image, all types of stuff like that. Mainly I have conversations about things that are taboo and people really don't want to talk about basically Mm -hmm. and I'll just say I have been watching Taylor's videos for so long and they are absolutely incredible she has amassed like 94k subscribers on YouTube so she is really blowing up and again I think she really does say what needs to be said and she's very unapologetic about a lot of these topics so you know, this episode is just some of her intellectual work, but I highly recommend that you go over to her YouTube channel and watch all of her videos because she does not miss. (laughs) Yeah. So getting started really with our first question and just diving right into this. So our first thing that we want to talk about is what will the impact be if rappers continue to invoke sexist and colorist language in their songs? Ooh, child. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like one of the people say this all the time and they're just like, what about the children? What about the children? But it really is, what about the children? Because even though parents do try their best to control and get at the children, they're like, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. And la-di-da-di-da, regardless, children are children. Teenagers are teenagers. They're still going to go and listen to certain things and list, like do certain things. You can't just stop them because they're just going to do what they're going to want to do but my thing is something that we also have to realize is whenever it comes to whether it's female rap or regular male rap they don't make content for children or for teenagers and it's not their responsibility to make content that is catered towards them because they make content for adults however something that I feel like that is an issue and it's not talked about enough is the colorism and it is the sexist conversations and sexist things that they say within their music and I feel like if children or teenagers just in general or the younger generation continue to listen to it, it's going to get to the point of where they're going to be colorists. They're going to have sexist mentalities and it's not healthy, but I feel like this also really does have a super duper big impact in the black community compared to many other communities because the black communities are the main ones who do listen to rap or hip hop music. And I feel like whenever it comes to the colorism and the sexism, they're not really caught out or held accountable for their actions whatsoever, especially the men. The women, they say something that is out of pocket and they're basically canceled and dragged through the dirt. Whereas the men, say for example, Rick Ross, he was doing a, I can't remember. I saw it on I Am, I Am Hiloho. I, I'm sure you probably watched Hiloho. And basically there were these two singers, one was dark skin, one was light skin. He was saying some out of pocket stuff and was basically really dragging and being rude towards her. And nobody was really like, talking about it like mm-hmm. in loho wars even though it surfaced a lot it wasn't that many people talking about it and it just it made me upset and i'm just like if this keeps going on it's probably not gonna end up too well within the next few years or so in my opinion but- yeah and also i saw that clip on twitter actually and yeah. i believe it was like a singing competition or something and like he yeah. was doing commentary and he totally went in on the dark-skinned woman yes and then the light-skinned woman came up could not sing at all. <laughs> like, Girl. could not sing at all. <laughs> and he was like, 
praising her. And it was just like, can we get a more clear example of colorism and this crazy inequity and in treatment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even like the amount of rappers who have like used terms like red bone and, you know, other things that again, invoke colorist language. And Taylor, like you kind of got at this before, but again, it these rappers are really influential. And a lot of people, you know, young young kids and teens are listening to that so if that is like what they're constantly hearing because it's in so many songs it does become normalized Mm. and then again it makes it harder for people to understand their actions they just think it's so normal you know Mm. for light-skinned people to be lifted up or like whoever it is so Mm. I, I do think that it has larger implications and that it is really influential and that's something that we do have to account for and as you said hold people accountable for that reminds me of the, y'all know the Danny Lay situation where she's mm-hmm. talking about yellow bonus what he, anyways, girl. <laughs> with that, that's what, when you said yellow bonus, that's what triggered me, people or women of other races. And I'm going to be very, very honest and brutally honest here. Most of the men within the rap industry, a lot of them are darker skinned black men. It's nothing but black men. And they do cater towards and lift up um, light skinned women period. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why, even though Danny Lay isn't a Black woman, I feel like that's one of the reasons why she felt so, not necessarily entitled, but stepped out of place with the song that she made. Because people like the baby were lifting her head up and be someone was lifting their head up and boosting their head up and putting her on a higher pedestal. And they just really got a, got a hold on her. And she thought she was the crap when she really isn't the crap. So people of other races are just Lighter skinned women or women who are biracial or mixed with black do take that into consideration and they have the superiority complex and think that they're better because men talk about them in a good regard or high regard, basically. Yeah, I think that, you know, what we hear in music, like you all are saying, like the colorist language definitely creates this culture then where it's like, if you are if you are passing, you know, the test, the, you know, the brown paper bag test, and you are being exalted in all the songs that we hear, you're obviously going to be like, oh, subconsciously, whether it's subconscious or conscious, you're going to be like, oh, I'm better than other people because I'm being mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, and what you just said with like the Danny Lay situation, you know, she's a non-Black, I believe, there's a lot of question about that. White Latina. Yeah. Yes, a non-Black Latina who is praising herself because she is being looked at by Black men and basically, you know, made a song uplifting herself by saying, I'm light-skinned, I'm what he wants. And that was like the whole chorus. Literally. People got rightfully upset about that. It was like kind of calling into question, what kind of music, what kind of culture are we allowing Mm -hmm. that people can get up here and produce a song praising themselves saying I'm superior because I'm lighter. Mm-hmm. And also know the producers of that song knowing that will sell. Mm. That will do well and that people will resonate with that song and not see it as problematic. There's also that side to it too where the industry knows what sells and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like that's also part of the reason why they do a lot of crazy things and have artists make crazy things or say crazy mm-hmm. things to get the attention and get the views and bring the money in. They do it on purpose. And people eat it up. I can even admit, I even ate some of it up. And I sat there and I was upset. And they did it on purpose, genuinely to piss people off, really. I agree. And, and then for the sex, the sexist kind of way of thinking and kind of perspective on it, something that I really noticed 
is that a lot of the young girls who do listen to these artists that I feel like it does take a toll on them and it does kind of sort of pick at them a little bit. And some of them say, for example, there were a situation where a girl was listening to a rap song where, you know, they call them bees and stuff like that. If a guy were to actually come up to her and be like, hey, I'll be in this. Da, 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 da. she wouldn't have an issue because she's so used to consistently hearing it I guess if that kind of makes sense and I feel like there isn't really a lot of respect for women whenever it comes to the rap industry whatsoever hence why a lot of people come at them so hard whenever they do have sex appeal or whenever they do show their more sexual side and it's not a problem when men do it whatsoever and I that's just really irritating me yeah it's definitely an issue there's definitely a double standard on what women can do and what men can't and I think that really transitions um, into our next question, where, you know, currently the primary Black female rap- rappers that have risen to the top have been very sexual in their performances and in the language they include in their songs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what is the larger effect of Black rappers looking to enter the industry who do not want to express or be over-sexual um, in their performance, in their presentation, you know, specifically for Black female rappers, what what does this mean? That the bar is being over-sexual? That they're just going to have to push even harder in order to get the recognition that they actually deserve. For example, Tierra Whack. I haven't really listened to her music seriously, but from the clips that I have seen of her, she has some really good music in her videos. It's very eye-catching and it catches your attention. That's the reason why I was really drawn to her. Regardless of whether she was being sexual or not, I still would have been curious and wanted to listen to her music and stuff like that. But Tierra, in my opinion, does not get the attention she deserves due to the fact that she is not very sexual within her content. And the thing is, whenever it comes to being sexual or not being sexual, whenever it comes to the not sexual content, it doesn't get as much recognition as it deserves compared to the sexual content. And then they sit there and shame the women who are actually sexual and then call the women who are being honest with their music and with their art. They call them bland or not good enough for saying that they need to step their game up. And I really feel like if you really are a female rapper and you want to step the, like step into the industry and not have any sexual energy or be sexual in your work, you're really gonna have to stand out in some way, shape, or form or work 10 times as harder compared to other women within the rap industry who are sexual and who do so show themselves like that, basically. Yeah. And you know, people that come to mind, like you said, Tierra Rack and Tierra Wack and also Chica. Um, you know, those are people that I honestly haven't really listened to because I feel like they're not getting pushed the way that they should, even though I know they're both talented. And, you know, I've seen clips of Tierra Whack. I've seen clips of Chica and like her Tiny Desk performance. And these are girls who can spit, like they can rap, but they're not really being pushed in the same way. And I also think like, that's not to shame uh, female rappers who come in and choose to be sexual. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that sometimes people try to pit the two against each other. even. You know, even though I don't think that should be happening, I think it's just more of a fault on like, I don't know, it's more of a fault on like the music industry itself and like society itself for actively seeking out sexual images and not seeking out other images, you know? Not to shame. That's especially one thing I would like to reiterate. It is not to shame women who are sexually liberated within their work and within their art. I think that's really brave because people always have a lot to say about women's bodies and how women look and how women portray themselves, period. And they don't have that same energy whenever it comes to the men, like at all. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that, you know, if women are gonna be respected in this industry, then 
women who perform in all ways and, you know, express all different things is going to like, that should be profitable. You know, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't just be this really large gap um, between the women who are overly sexual and those who are not. And as you said, it's not to pit one against the other, but it's really to look at ourselves and look at, you know, why is the standard so, or why is there such a high expectation um, that black women do have to perform in specific ways um, Mm -hmm. for money to come in, for profit to come in, for them to develop such a large fan base. Um, I think it's just a larger analysis of, again, the ways in which like misogynoir is like working within mm-hmm. our society, within the music industry. Yeah. Another person that also comes to mind is Young M.A. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that she hasn't had the success that, you know, she deserves because it, peop- I guess the industry doesn't know what to do with her, you know, because she's someone who's she's a woman, but she's not pandering to men, yeah. you know, like her image is not, you know, it's it's something that I know men are probably like they like her music, but they're like, well, she's not really doing anything for me, so I'm not gonna support her. So it's kind of just like, there needs to be more lanes made in the industry for all women, no matter what your orientation is, no matter how you present yourself. You know what I mean? Like there needs to be room for all those people to succeed and like have space. I feel like that would be very hard for them to have it to have it set to where it's separate lanes and for everybody to succeed because again it's society and it's the audience and what they want to listen to. You can't just change what they enjoy and what they want to listen to. Mm-hmm. And if it is going to be set lanes, it's gonna be very hard to set up to where other people can succeed within the industry as women. That's very true. I think it's almost a a weird cycle of is it art pushing this narrative like is it the industry pushing these narratives or is it the audience's fault for eating the things up that we see I think like it's just kind of a vicious cycle yeah I get that do you have any thoughts on up-and-coming female artists that you know of who are trying to break that mold and you know break into their own lanes I feel like it's commendable and I have so much respect for them because it can be very hard trying to break out of the lane of being sexual and being sexually liberated because again like I said people in the audience have a lot to say whenever it comes to people stepping out of the box and not rapping or setting themselves up like how everybody else sets themselves up period and not even just with rap whenever it comes to stepping out of the box and being different from everybody else, period, everybody's going to have something to say. And I feel like I do have a lot of respect for women who do step out of the mold of being sexually liberated in their music and in their work. In the end, I feel like some of them may not really admit it or talk about it. I feel like some of them may be kind of anxious, not necessarily, yeah, kind of anxious or kind of worried whenever it comes to that or worried how their music would do or worried how their work would just overall do to the Oh my gosh to the audience basically yeah I think that's a really good point like having to figure out kind of what that lane is how do you make it marketable how do you make people like buy into you like invest mm-hmm. in you I think that's really hard to do especially as a black woman you know like there's already so many other stereotypes and tropes that are working against you so mm-hmm. I feel like it's so much more difficult. Like, I feel like there's so many different kinds of white artists and like nobody questions it. But then for like black women, you have to be very good. You have to be, you know, come very correct. Everything has to be top tier. Right about, yeah. You have to be a triple threat. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to have so much going for you for you to even like break the bubble of the industry and then to really find your lane within that. Mm -hmm. It's really going to come with like, 
having a lot of talent and trying to, again, get these producers and get other, the audience as well to invest in you. And it's just really sad because I think overall, like rap as an expressive form, rap as an art form has so much beauty and so much potential and what you can communicate to people, um, really like the audiences that you're able to reach. There's a lot that we can do with it. So it's sad that there's other like barriers and like gatekeeping um, that happen internally that make it hard for people to really use that art form, make it profitable, you know, really show themselves in these different spaces. What Kimberly has said, it triggered a thought of whenever it comes to certain female ra female rappers, I'm just thinking like some of them, the only reason, I'm gonna be brutally honest here, some of them, the only reason why that they are popular and they are so well known is because of their look and because of their image basically. And a lot of women who don't have that same look are not getting the, recognition that they deserve simply due to the fact that they do not look that way or have the quote unquote pretty image. For example, Sweetie, I love Sweetie. I love Sweetie to death, but Sweetie cannot rap. I know somebody, somebody probably gonna be like, girl, you can't rap me? Girl, I know that, I, I can't rap. But the thing is, the only reason why Sweetie is well-known and popular among so many people is because of her image and she's pretty, she's a beautiful woman. But for the most part, really, Sweetie does not have anything to offer whenever it comes to her rapping skills. If you put, not to pit, because I know somebody's going to be like, yeah. you're putting women against each other. No, you're just it's making a comparison. Just, yes, it's just a simple comparison. But if you were to put Tierra Whack and Sweetie in the rink with each other, Tierra Whack would want circles around her. She would drag her. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but it's the truth. Tierra has not necessarily, again, not to put them against each other. It's a lot of artists who have so much more to offer, but simply just to the fact that, like I said, they don't look that way. They don't get that recognition. And mm -hmm. It's really upsetting, even though I'm not in their position, I can understand how it feels to not get the respect and not get the recognition that you deserve simply due to the fact that you don't look a particular way. You know, with the Saweetie and like Tierra Whack example, obviously they're in completely different lanes and different things. And, you know, not to obviously pit them against each other or any of that or feed into that, but it's just the fact that like, if anything, they should have equal footing in right. society and equal footing in the industry but it's just kind of the fact that one is above the other in terms of social media clout um you know all of those things all the press all the buzz is yep. I see that way more with Saweetie yep. over Tierra Whack and I'm sure people who are listening to us may know Saweetie but don't know Tierra Whack you know mm -hmm. <laughs> um so you can just think through that, off that yeah. just off that alone you can kind of get what we're saying obviously if you're in different lanes you may not you're not doing the same thing um, yeah, it's all different. It's all different. Their subject matter, though, their styles of rapping, their content is different. But the fact that they're not getting at least an equal push to everybody doesn't really make sense. At all. Like whatsoever. Yeah. And also too, just thinking about, because I know like with Sweetie, one of her big like things is that she was on a magazine cover recently. So just has also, it also has me thinking about how businesses too also play a role in this. Like all these sponsorships and all these yes. people who are picked for this commercial and that commercial, it also mimics, you know, who the industry uplifts, who society uplifts. So, you know, Bri, as you mentioned, it's, this kind of like revolving door of all these different actors being complicit, furthering, um, you know, colorist agendas, all of this stuff. And it's just really sad because again, it does come down to profit. And if you have more money, you have more access, you're naturally just going to be more popular and people are just naturally going to know who you are. So it, it's really sad. And I think any one of those, you know, industries or lanes or businesses can like break that mold you know if yeah. businesses decide to give Tierra Wag a huge sponsorship and put her on the cover of this and that 
that would do a lot. That would do a lot. And so I'm also waiting for these businesses or whoever it may be to to be bold and take a chance on these people. It it really isn't even taking a chance because we've already said they have the talent. So Mm -hmm. what's, what's holding people back? I agree. Trying to get the attention of work with who they can work with, who are already popular so that they can bring in the attention and bring in the consistent views that they've been getting really. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. I didn't think of it from like a business perspective like that. I'm happy you said that. <laughs> of it like that. That's something we talk about a lot. I know like last season we had some like other influencers on and like we also did our own episodes about like accountability mm-hmm. and just kind of like the people with the power kind of have to push the needle, I think. And then the audiences and like society will follow. Obviously it's a give and take relationship, but like if the rap industry or businesses and companies and sponsorships took the initiative to be like, let's uplift this person this time and not this other person. I think it could do a lot in terms of like how the audience reacts. And then like, it's kind of just like someone has to give and like take the first step for things to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I think moving on to our next question, which again, I think goes back to talking about misogynoir. And I think something that has also just recently been a topic of discussion mm-hmm. is do you see sexual liberation in female rap or is it all a facade I see it I know some people are probably gonna be like no nah, nah. I, I do <laughs> see it because my thing is because there are some women there are some women who are not even just in rap I forgot her name Chloe and Haley Hallie Haley yes I, I love remember which I can't remember which one I get them mixed up she was showing her sexual liberation even though she's not a rapper but still it was was a really big issue when it does show her when she was showing her sexual liberation and her more sexual side there was a big issue with that and a lot of people were having a big problem with that and the same thing with female rap where people do have an issue whenever it comes to women showing them their sexual sides and honestly I'm happy that they're actually showing that side of themselves and that they're comfortable with showing that part of themselves to the world and for people to see and showing that they do have confidence however would I personally do it no but I'm happy that they're stepping out and they're doing it and honestly even though I wouldn't do it it gives me confidence it really does give me confidence and I'm just like okay hey (laughs) but I just feel like something that we also do have to take into consideration is um I know somebody's gonna be like what are the children like it's just again female rappers or rappers in general again do not make content to cater to children or to teenagers but again children and teenagers will still be children and teenagers however I feel like the adults do need to have some level of control with their children and with their teenagers but something that we can't also neglect is that they're actually seeing this and they're going to think at a young age hey I'm it's okay for me to be sexually liberated at 13 14 years old you don't need to be worried about sex you need to be worried about your grades and worried about school but I feel like it's good to see, but I also feel like it is still having an effect on the younger generation. So that's really hard to touch and that's really hard to fix. But at this point, it is what it is, basically. And I feel like due to the fact that there is a lot of sexual liberation within female rap, and again, ain't nothing wrong with that. There has been an increase of younger children trying to be sexually like showing their sexual liberation themselves, even though they do not need to like whatsoever because they're children. And they're teenagers, really. And that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. I think we see sexual liberation on a personal level, 
Mm-hmm. And obviously I love seeing it and I love seeing women own it because they deserve to, because it's their bodies. Mm-hmm. But it's just the fact that it plays into still this oppressive male gaze and it plays into the patriarchy. So it's like you on a personal level yeah. can have your sexual ownership and you you could be fully in it and walking in your truth. But it's just that your audience, a lot of your audience is still going to be people who don't respect you and they're still going to benefit from your sexual liberation. You know what I mean? So it's not the fault of the black, the black woman or the sexually liberated woman. It's the fault of the system that she's in. Bria, just like expanding on what you said, it's, you know, obviously it's really great that black women are, you know, being over-sexual and doing all these things that black male rappers have been doing for so long. So you're like, okay, they're, you know, trying to be equal trying to have this like equal footing in the industry in terms of talking about this but then the structure in which like you're competing with is inherently oppressive to women in general so again it's like how much is it really helping us and again I think on an individual basis for those individual rappers who are like you know doing that and feeling really confident that's great for them but it doesn't end the structure and the systems of misogynoir that ultimately like impact women um because we're still not at this point where people can respect women who are performing in these ways um, and people will still have things to say. So if that structure still exists, you know, it can't really be this like revolutionary groundbreaking form that we think it is. I just, that it's upsetting. Like you really, like that was a good point and good perspective of where it is, where it's just like men who do not have respect for women who do perform this way. And I feel like it really does need to get to a point of where, hey, a woman is able to dress a specific way without being over-sexualized by a man, especially Black women being over-sexualized, not even just by men, but by men and women. It's upsetting to me because it's just like, to an extent, I feel like a lot of female rappers are, what's the word? Let me see. Not hindered. Kind of like they have to press or like lower themselves a little bit to the amount of sexual liberation that they want to include within their content and within their videos. I feel like whenever it comes to sexual liberation, a really good examples are Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B. People were upset, pissed off. I honestly don't care because they can kick rocks because any other time men are being like some, like men are able to express, not necessarily express themselves, but have specific women in the music videos and say specific things and express themselves with how they speak in their music and there's no issue whatsoever. But when a woman does it, it's the biggest thing in the world. And it's not just men having an issue with this, but it's men and women having an issue with this. And I feel like a lot of the women who were speaking against women like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion really do have deep misogyny and misogynoir rooted within them and they don't really realize it or take it into account. It's a lot of women who don't know this, but they really do have some misogynistic tendencies and ways of thinking within themselves that they really have not dissected and looked at that needs to be cleansed out and taken out really. The pick me's. Yes. Oh, you that's exactly <laughs> it. The pick me's. Don't get me started. Please. We've talked about them before. So. That'll be next episode. Next episode dedicated just to the pick me's. You, yeah, you got to come back now so we can talk about the pick me's. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was also thinking while you're talking, like kind of going along with that and my point from before, I think my like not even problem but something I've seen just with all of the sexual liberation in rap is that it's very one-sided and I think that like like you were saying like how it's influencing kids and all that stuff like 
my problem with it is that it's showing a very one-sided notion of what sexual liberation is. Yeah. Sexual liberation is not just like twerking or like showing your butt. And like, I am not downing those things at all. Like do it, but also show people that sexual liberation is just being comfortable in yourself and having high self-esteem mm-hmm. and having high self-worth and not letting anyone talk to you a certain way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yes. rap is very much, or just pop culture right now, is very much saying that sec- sexual liberation is only about having sex. But it is so much more than that. And I think that mm-hmm. that's what I'm angry about is that that's getting lost in translation, that it's not just about having sex and all those things. It's about like you and self-confidence and self-worth. Right. And your ultimate decisions and how you yes. engage. Yes. Like your own self-ownership. That's ul- yeah. That's ultimate independence is deciding what you want to do. Not just doing like the same mold that everyone keeps talking about. It's a really great point, Bria. I didn't think of it like that either. That's why I like having conversations with people about stuff. They keep me level-headed and open-minded to hear different perspectives on stuff like this, basically. Yeah, and I think that's why people are so mad. Like, uh, let me not excuse the people who are so mad. <laughs> but like, I almost can see like if you like, you might be mad if you're being like, oh, my kids are watching this and they're only going to think sexual liberation is dressing a certain way, et cetera, et cetera. I can understand that point of view. And I think that we need to do a better job of telling people sexual liberation is not just that. And it's about so much more. I guess we're going to go to our last question, which is, are women in rap allowed to cross over and be multifaceted? Or do you feel like they have to stay in these lanes? They're not allowed to cross over. And the reason why I said this is because not me saying, oh my gosh, no, they can't do it. No, I'm not saying that. But if you really like, again, go back to the audience and look at the audience, that's who they're catering to. And that's who they're dealing with to make the coin in order to have a living. Whenever a woman does cross over the female rap, whenever a female rapper does cross over and do other things outside of what they normally do or what they normally rap about, people normally don't have a really good reaction towards it. And it's upsetting because people complain about how female rappers don't have a lot of substance with what they rap about or what they talk about in their music. But when they actually transition and go over it and touching those things, mm. not many people are listening to it. And something that we also have to realize is the only reason why they're rapping about the things that they rap about and talk a bit oh my gosh and talk about the things that they talk about is simply due to the fact that sex sells sex sells and a lot of people don't want to really admit it but that's the truth people are only the audience the society is only going to want to listen about listen to things about sex and listen to things about drugs and stuff like that I don't know I worded that weird but you get what I'm saying oh yeah It's just really upsetting to me because it's just like, I'm tired of hearing people complain about women. I mean, about female rappers having to be more open-minded about what they rap about and what they say. But there are a lot of rappers who do step out of that box and step into other things and they're just not regarded whatsoever. Like they really try, but it's not appreciated. And this also goes hand in hand with rappers who don't rap just about their hoo-hahs or just rap about sex in general they aren't appreciated simply due to the fact that again sex sales and they don't rap about that and they don't want to rap about that mm-hmm. where they're seen as like soft and like you know yeah. what I mean like I feel like so many tropes have been used for um you know, like certain rappers who are now talking about like different other struggles and things that aren't you know within those tropes of talking about like essentially gangster life and like hood life and all that other stuff they're seen as like soft and like 
you know what I mean? Like not as worthy of having these big titles, um, which again, I think really limits what rap is and who rap can be for. Are we really getting somewhere for real, for real as a, as a community and as a whole, if we're consistently talking about these things, glamorizing these things and putting these things on a pedestal and our younger generation is listening to it because what I see it as is gonna be like a continuous cycle of where it's just like, okay, the older generation is talking about this and rapping about this, the younger generation is taking this into consideration and actually doing these things. That's why so many young teenage, young teenagers are going off and dying from drugs or dying from dealing with gangs and doing things that they're not supposed to be doing. It's because they're taking and listening to the older generation of rappers and such. And so it's just like, and then some of the younger generation want to be like the rappers, the older rappers and rap about these things. So it really is just like a cycle. And I'm just thinking, is this ever going to break or ever going to stop at some point in time? Because it's sad to see. I don't want to get old and be like 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old and still hearing about people rapping about gang banging and drugs, sex, violence, and abuse. And nothing has improved. The community has not improved in any way, shape, or form. Like just the Black community as a whole. That's what I'm really worried about and looking at whenever it comes to that really. I'm sorry, I veered way off. No, but that's no. that was, you don't have to apologize at all. That was right on target. And, you know, I think you did a good job of almost opening that question up because realistically yeah. it isn't just about if we allow women to cross over, it is very yeah. much about men as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we don't let anyone cross over, we're going to be upholding a lot of these same cycles. Like you said, glorifying drug use, glorifying violence, glorifying all of these things. And I think that it's it's a bigger question than just if we allow, if we allow women to cross over because men are also trapped in those cycles of things that they have to rap about certain things like you said whether whether or not they are still involving in like illicit activities or whatever force them to keep rapping about that and you know when someone does try to cross over that's whack that's corny go back to whatever you were doing blah 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 we don't let them ever cross over so I think I think things need to change both on the artist side and also on the audience side it's gonna be hard it's gonna be very hard because the the producers in the actual industry, like the corporations themselves are gonna consistently keep pushing because they know what actually brings in the money. They all they want is the money. That's all that it is. They don't care about the people themselves. They don't really care about the artists like that for real either. All they care about is the money. And the audiences are just gonna continue to take that in. So again, it's gonna be like a continuous cycle. Unless a corporation comes through and they wanna break the chain or break the cycle, then I'm here for that. I'll be here for it. I'll support it 100%. But in the meantime, I don't feel like it's really gonna be any type of change with the audience and change with the corporations corporations and what the artists push out it sounds good though I really would like to see some type of change definitely and I think also too one thing that we also have to keep in mind is like also how white supremacy is working so obviously as (laughs) for as long as we can continue to like invoke these narratives about black hood life and you know all of those different tropes and narratives like that works in their favor and again who are all these top producers who are they? What what race are they? This is really we sick. We all know. <laughs> so it's just like, I, I think that looking at that larger framework too, it's giving exploitation. <laughs> it is. It's right. It is. I didn't even think of that. You opened a whole other like section. I didn't even think <laughs> of that. Oh my goodness gracious. It's, it's giving. <laughs> she, she has a point. 
because they're going to want us to stay the way that we are in order for them to consistently grow and stay towards the top. Mm -hmm. They're profiting, exploiting, they're profiting and exploiting these black creators. Because if we're going to be honest here, it's nothing but even though, yes, there are other artists of color and other artists who are white who do make rap music. For the most part, it's nothing but black people who are making rap music. Black people are making hip hop. So they do to an extent, not even to an extent, they really do exploit them. I didn't even think of it like that. So they're at, if it doesn't break, they're going to stay at the top and white supremacy is just going to continue to just... Mm. it's giving chattel slavery please oh my god it's just reincarnated in so many forms like even when we look at colorism featureism all of these things uplift white supremacy because it's another way to divide us all Mm -hmm. functions of white supremacy and the black community falls right into it we eat we eat out of its palms we are just eating this stuff up this is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do want to say, though, that, like, it is hard because it's, like, as much as all these rappers, like, rap about that life and, like, keep the cycle going, mm-hmm. we still are living in poverty. Like, do you know what I mean? So those yes. structural elements are still there. So it's, like, yeah, it's sad that we're falling in the trap, but also, too, we're still in these, like, broken communities you know, communities that have been harmed and, you know, are disheveled, all this other stuff. So mm-hmm. it makes it easier mm-hmm. for like those cycles to continue and for that influence from rap to be so prominent. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's, it doesn't, it's not, I think it's like both things working together. So it's like, as much as like, yeah, some black people fall into it. It's also like the reality is a really rough life for a lot of people as well. So it's just, yeah. it's hard to like grapple with both those things. And I think we have to like hold both those things true. Yeah. I quickly wanted to say also just like adding onto that point, like realistically, like we can sit here and also talk about rap and like whether or not people should change their content matter or like, should people listen to it? But it's like, like you said, these are people's real life experiences. People are rapping about their real experiences, like growing up in violent neighborhoods and all that stuff. And it's like, can we expect people to change their subject matter until we actually provide resources to these communities so they can have better education or better activities or better hobbies so they don't fall into violence you know what I'm saying so like mm-hmm. how mad can we be about the artists wrapping that stuff we should we should be mad at white supremacy and be mad at the government failing black communities and all of those things so it's very multifaceted I'm just that triggered another thought <laughs> I'm just thinking about how there are a lot of just not none can come to mind but there are some black artists who have gone back to their communities and have tried to help people but I feel like a lot of black artists don't try to do that like they don't do that enough and again yes it's their money they can do whatever they want with their money however I still feel like it would still be beneficial and good for black communities to have somebody to kind of sort of help them obviously they're not obligated to do so but it would still be nice to come in to help them especially whenever it comes to the younger generation the children it could benefit them and help them in so many ways Mm -hmm. so many ways yeah and I also think just like adding on a little bit like like these are people's real life experiences but we can still hold people to like not being sexist still not being colorist so I think yeah you know what I mean as you said like it's complicated it's complex and there's certain things that we can still hold people to you know as we as we move forward but definitely wow this conversation (laughs) it was really good it opened up a lot of other like 
another perspective for me to think about whenever it honestly I kind of am kind of sort of thinking about making another like in-depth video I don't know it's kind of motivating me please do please do (laughs) please do give the people what they will be right in those comments (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much Taylor for coming on and sharing your thoughts on misogynoir and rap this was an amazing conversation do you have anything to plug like where everyone can find you um of course you can find my youtube channel most of my read there's most of m-i-r-e-e because a lot of people don't know how to spell it properly and then there's um just my instagram which is taylor marie basically those are my social medias sounds good so subscribe and follow her as we stated in the beginning she has so much amazing commentary on so many different topics so please go listen to her and please go support her because she's amazing Thank y'all for having me. Thank you for being on. To everyone listening, we'll see you next week. Thank you all for joining us today on this great conversation. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.